Welcome to Punch Card Investing, a weekly show dedicated to all things value investing. Whether it be analyzing companies, pitching ideas, or discussing moves by the best investors in the world, we're trying to get one step closer to punching an investment off of our cards. Let's get started. And we're back after a fruitful weekend in Omaha, meeting all so many of you fine folks here in the punch card universe. We'll get back to that in a second. We'll see if we have some more people joining us. We're expecting at least one more, but we'll we'll see. Otherwise, Tom and I will hold down the fort for now. Um, Tom, you went to Berkshire yourself last year. I got to attend this year. So a lot to unpack, not only from what Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger have talked about during their Q&As, along with Greg Abel and Jane as well. Um, we can, uh, there'll be a lot to unpack there, but we can also talk about, uh, kind of compare maybe our experiences. Cause I know last year is a little strange with some of the travel restrictions and everything. It seems like everything's back in full force now, but before we get to that, let's go ahead and make sure that everyone watching or listening later on, be sure to smash the like button and subscribe if you haven't already, because we don't want you to miss future episodes. That would be a shame. And the best way to ensure that you don't miss those episodes is if you subscribe, hit the bell icon. If you want to know when we're going live and when these episodes post, we appreciate that as well. Always fun having the live chat going. And it was great meeting a lot of the folks who are active in the live chat, meeting them at in a, in, in an actual in live, live chat. It was truly <laughs> a live chat. So that was great. Um, but yeah, so please do that. Check out the links in the description. Lots of good stuff down there, including the Discord. Be sure to look out for that. Um, if you're not in that already, it's free to join. So please go ahead and do that. Um, all righty, Tom. A uh, lot to unpack. Berkshire weekend. It's a big, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a holiday for us value investors. It's Or maybe a, at least the Berkshire annual meeting is very much a pilgrimage. Um, you asked me on Twitter if, if I have joined the cult and I'd, all I can say is we don't talk about that outside of the meeting, but um, it, it's, it's very much a, a like a convention for a bunch of value investors uh, or investing nerds of, of all ages and from all all walks of life and from all countries. It's a very international event, um, perhaps more so this year than last year because of travel restrictions being um, more lax this year, which was great. So I got to meet a lot of people from all over the world, um, but to take it to talk to me about last year's what um do you happen to know how many people were at that meeting i want to say they're they these buffett kept implying that they're breaking records on uh on sales and everything during the event this year um which would make sense mm-hmm. but uh maybe that's just an inflation thing but uh, how was the attendance last year like how much of that arena was filled yeah i think it was down a little bit on uh i guess 2019 i suppose would have been the previous in-person meeting like mm-hmm. pre pre-COVID. Um, I think numbers were down on that a little bit. There were definitely quite a few empty seats around the arena. I'm fairly sure we there was no China contingent the year I went, which is usually that quite a sense. big percentage of, of the people attending. Um, it was still a very cool event. Like we're lining up in the early hours of the morning. There's lots of surrounding events, yeah. um, you know, before and after. And um, yeah, it was just kind of strange. Like one of the reasons I started a YouTube channel a f- few years ago at this point is because no one wanted to talk to me about investing in real life. So I <laughs> kind of spoke to the internet instead. And, um, right. It works just the complete, complete opposite of that. Everyone's on the same page. Um, you know, uh, most people there obviously are 
very familiar with the like long-term investment lessons of Buffett and um, right. yeah, it's just a great place to meet people. And even, even that said, like a lot of the conversations you end up having with people are often completely unrelated to investing. You can't just talk about life and business and other stuff, but um, it's a very, can, very cool um, place. I concur with a lot of that. Um, I, I think the, it, it is, it's weird being in a place where ev- pretty much everyone is talking about long-term uh, they're, they're all asking like, Oh, what, what podcast you listen to? What books you're reading? Like, like it's, it's very much of the Buffett school of get educated, be patient, wait for the long-term or go for the long-term focus. Um, it's just very kind of jarring. Cause I feel like uh, outside of kind of what you're saying, outside of this YouTube circle, it can be kind of hard to find that. Um, so being mm-hmm. in a place where there's thousands of people all at once with a similar philosophy was pretty neat. Uh, in that setting granted uh, some uh, diversity of thought is always a nice thing to have and there were a lot of differing opinions on certain approaches and but everyone was there to learn it seemed like at least for the most part um at least pretty much everyone that i met so that was that was really uh really um not reassuring but it's just a good thing <laughs> um and i enjoyed i enjoyed my time there too um what what events did you go to last year i know you went to the Say, so I know you went to the Peterson barbecue. Um, I did mm-hmm. not go to that one. That's on Thursday. I didn't come until Friday. Um, but you, you had quite the, quite the trip when, it, when, when you came along. But uh, what, what other events did you go to outside of it? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to remember. I think we had the, the Peterson barbecue, I think, was the first proper event we mm-hmm. went to. Um, I mean, it's f- fairly relaxed setting. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, that was cool. A lot of them to. are pretty relaxed. Yeah. 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 I think we did that on the thursday um guy spear and william green had a meet and greet that may have also been on the thursday i can't quite remember whether that was thursday or friday no, right. um went, went along to that um i had the aquamarine fund dinner on the friday night which guy kindly invited me to so that mm-hmm. that was very cool um <laughs> early mornings of saturday uh, early hours of the morning on on saturday um I did go to the value after hours meetup. So with Toby Carlisle, Bill Brewster, Jake Taylor, that crew. Um, I saw they, him walking around Toby Carlisle. Uh, yeah. He, cool. He, I saw him at the Markel meeting for briefly, just kind of wandering around. <laughs> yeah. I saw lots, <laughs> lots of people getting photos with, with Toby. On yeah. Twitter, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? And then I think the last one was probably the Markel meeting on the Sunday mm-hmm. morning. I think yeah, I went to that one the, as well. It was the final event. Yeah. Yeah, when, the, when do I'm, they have the bagels this year at the at the market? Uh, I don't. Oh, like the like the it, it was like breakfast sandwiches. I think with yeah, yeah bagel sandwiches. <laughs> nice. um, yeah. I don't know if it's the same thing, but yeah, the, it, it was fine for like a you know a free breakfast. Like sure, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and Tom, Tom Gainer's um, good value. Excuse the pun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I started. Um, it was funny because I I. I I was, I, so I went to the Markel meeting as well. That's the Sunday after. And um, uh, I knew a lot of the, our, you know, our punch card audience was going to be there. At least the the folks I met at the the meetup on Friday, we could talk about that in just a second. But um, uh, I'd only, I only got to sit in the, the meeting for like 10, 15 minutes before I kind of got pulled out because uh, people wanted to talk. Like, so, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I only caught the first uh, part of it, but, um, um, but it, but it was great though, just to meet a bunch of people uh that i hadn't met on on the friday or i didn't really have much of a chance to talk with on friday and saturday so um that that was very it was, it was a very good meeting and it was well attended too it was a at least a few hundred people um and this is just mm. like the sunday after it's a, it's a side events the side show um and you can get some pretty large events going i know the value x one is huge too right 
Um, is that yeah, the one you, I th- is that the one you mentioned last uh, that you went to with? Um, I Holy I Green? don't think there was I don't think there was a Value X Omaha last oh, okay. year. I think this was the first year that, that happened. Could be wrong there, but I see. Um, I see. Well, I yeah, they, they just had guy in William Green just had like a general meeting read at a restaurant bar kind of thing. Um, I imagine it's a lot of overlap in the attendance, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I I didn't appreciate how many events there are on Thursday. Um, there's a, quite a quite a few people try to pack it in. Then um, I know uh, our our friends at KPG, Brett Kelly had a, had an event on Thursday as well. It's quite a few Friday right. events, but we were holding our own. Speaking of which, uh, that went quite well. Um, the first ever punch card meetup, and it's very reassuring yeah, that we can, you know, we have some nice momentum heading into whatever events we do in the future. I think doing something like this annually would be great. Um, since so many people come to the Berkshire event because it's a meeting of, of a lot of like-minded folks uh, and a lot of interesting folks. So it'd be really great to do something like that again. But just to kind of recap the meetup we had on Friday, um, keeping in mind the, the annual meeting itself is on Saturday. So the day before, um, we met at a restaurant in downtown Omaha. And uh, when, uh, when I hopped on my flight on Friday, we had about 32 people who had RSVP'd that they were coming. And then by the time I landed, it had jumped to like 38. So I was like, oh, great. And I, I want to say we had about 40 people cycle through the event um, since most of those people did come and a, a few didn't. But then a few people brought others who had an RSVP that they had just met that day. So that was really cool. Um, getting some people to kind of get looped into the punch card empire. <laughs> so uh, um, it, it was very, very well attended. Frankly, when I was uh, putting together like the reservation and stuff, uh, I, I was thinking well, if we get ten to twenty, that would be really great, and, and it would have been. And we ended up blasting past that, which is which is awesome. Um, and, and a lot of good conversations out of that. Uh, a lot of good f- food for thought, and then uh, just good company in general. Everyone's very positive at the at the event. And Ener- energy was high, so uh, it, it was really good for that. Um, looking to next year a lot of people were asking where you were tom i was like hey just had a baby he was here last year i'm holding the fort this year next year i think we'll have more people i know you said you're you're probably going to be coming right yeah i'm just sort of putting that out into the social media universe to force myself to go but no i i um had serious fomo this year just like (laughs) seeing all the all the pictures and things come out of it um yeah i did last year so you're feeling what i felt (laughs) so um um but I, I think next year it would be really great if we can do something maybe a bit more formal for like a formal meetup. Maybe we have some sort of, uh, I, think a, I don't know, a mini lecture makes any sense or, or, you know, something like that, some sort of presentation or or even like an interview with someone. That, that could be really cool. That followed by kind of a uh, more casual um, breakout. Uh, and then maybe doing a, another uh, casual meetup on Sunday or something for just, just to hang out like a happy hour sort of thing. Um, I, I ended up doing that on Sunday this year. I went to the investors, investors podcast network. Um, uh, I guess I, I'm told they had a few meetings over the weekend, but I went to the one on Sunday and it's probably about 60 people there, 50, 60 people, uh, maybe less, but it felt like a lot. It was a pretty small space, but it was very full. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that, that was a great meetup too. So, and that was just on the Sunday after many people leave on that Sunday morning. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it could be something we we do. We do like a formal thing on Friday and then a more casual thing on Sunday. 
or I mean, both would be casual enough for anyone to attend, but uh, mm-hmm. either way, I, I, it, was, it was very great to see the turnout we had, the support we had. Um, and it seemed like people would, would like to do something like that again. If I'm, if I'm, if I read that wrong, you, you folks let us know in the comments, but uh, uh, it, it seemed like it, it was overall a successful event. So um, really, really happy that that happened, that it came together. Um, now all we got to do is get some more people to come next year and, and it'll just keep compounding from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. I mean, uh, like what's, uh, I don't know how many, how many views we get, get on the average punch card stream, maybe a couple thousand or so. Yeah, a couple um, thousand. So to have like, to have like 40 people there and, uh, yeah, in person, in person right? meeting right. where only one of us actually bothered to go <laughs> or, or ended up making it. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. It was, it was a better turnout than I, than I would have imagined. Um, so it, it was, it was really cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, nothing bad to say about it. Uh, always, always something to improve on, of course, but it, it was overall very positive. So, um, thank you everyone who attended, um, made it, made it very worthwhile. So, uh, we'll be sure to have something next year as well. So if you have any feedback for what you might like to see next year, definitely let us know. We can start putting things into consideration. Um, and uh, yeah, but for now we can just take a nice break <laughs> and until, until the next meetup. Um, yeah, ideally like long-term you can have more meetups throughout the year in certain places. Uh, but I, I feel like the attendance at this sort of at that place is going to be about as high as we could possibly get it given our, our niche. So uh, definitely yeah. want to take advantage yeah. of that. Um, it's a good chance to meet a lot of interesting people. Mm. Got an interesting sure. audience, Tom. <laughs> yeah, we've got a we've got a few of the people in the chat that it looks like you met in Omaha. Unfortunately, yeah. Jonathan Jonathan didn't see you. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's some people who couldn't meet, make the Friday, but um, uh, I. I, I I'm sure you felt this way too, but it was kind of weird to be like recognized by quite a few people uh, just from the mm-hmm. punch card stuff, which is cool. Um, uh, but it's just weird when like a stranger is like, Hey, Hey Jack, you know, I, I watch punch card or, or watch your stuff or whatever. It's like, awesome. Thank you. So, but it's weird because the, they're coming in knowing more about you than you know about them by probably quite a bit. <laughs> and and yeah. like, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's cool. And, uh, I don't know about new nerve wracking, but it's just a weird feeling because it's unusual. Um, um, but there's quite a bit of that um, on the Saturday as well when I was just walking around the uh, the arena trying to trying to find a seat because it was packed. Um, yep. But yeah, it's still very very cool. Um, it, it's reassuring that you know we're getting good reach here on on Punch Card for for that audience. Um, so very, yeah. so thank you to those people as well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, I. Yeah, same experience for me last year. Lots of people came up and said hi, and it's 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 very cool. Like everyone's exceptionally nice. Um, yeah, yeah. But it it's just like kind of a strange feeling, you know. <laughs> like, um, yeah, for, well, because I yeah. it's not natural it's, for for you know someone to know quite a bit about you uh, before ever seeing before ever meeting you in person. It's just yeah. not how we're wired, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But. Yeah. Um, no, Ho- hopefully uh, a few more of the crew will be there next year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and now I've now I've met some folks who who watch our stuff regularly, and you know have have some relationships going there now, and 
those can get deeper, make some new ones next time. So it's, it's all good stuff. Um, yep. it, 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 it does make a big difference when you can get out there in person and, and meet people as, as you're well aware. <laughs> um, it's, it's made a, it's, it's a bit of a perspective change as well. And, and when you can put a face to the name, like a, a, a real face, not just a computerized image, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. But yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's, you, there are some folks in the chat here. Uh, our, my man, Justin, um, so, it's a funny story here. Um, I was hanging out with, with Patrick Holden. He's the, uh, part-time investing, uh, he, he has a channel called part-time investing talks about microcaps. Good channel. Go, I'd recommend checking it out. Um, mainly about microcaps, I should say, but, uh, definitely is in our kind of camp of value investing. Um, but he, he met the, this guy, Justin, um, shown on the screen now who was, he was like, he was a Zuber driver and we it, somehow they, they were talking and, uh, Justin runs, runs a home renovation business in Omaha. So they were talking business and, uh, Patrick said, Hey, I'm going to go to Berkshire meeting. And one thing led to another and he kind of got roped in with us on Saturday, attended the meeting and, and drove us around Omaha and like, it was just, he's a real nice guy. Um, and we were talking business, talking investing. Um, and it just, it's just cool that like, you know, I get to meet like very spontaneous to, to meet someone and, uh, Justin and, and, and Justin's wife as well. Very, very kind to us. We very much appreciate it. And, uh, uh made the, made the experience on Saturday. We spent pretty much the whole day together. Um, quite a bit better since kind of had like a local plug <laughs> to, to get around and, and nowhere to go. So, um, yeah, it's completely unnecessary, but, but super, super appreciated. So, uh, thank you, Justin. Um, and thank you, Patrick as well. We, we, we all had a good time on Saturday. Um, and then, uh, I, Oh, I, I, one thing I forgot to mention on Friday, I don't, you probably didn't have many travel problems. I, and I know it was, it was a different traveling era. So, uh, but you didn't have any delays or anything, right? Or, or when you were getting No, over it here. just lasted 30 hours. Was, yeah, just was the only problem. I met a ton yeah. of Australians and New Zealanders. Like, there's really? quite a few. Um, I was surprised. I, I think, I think uh, at least at the punch card event, we had a massive overrepresentation of Canadians and Australians. Like, there's was, was just a lot <laughs> relative to, uh, to, to the, you know, what our audience proportion is, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, mm-hmm. we do have a very worldwide audience. So, uh, there's, just, it was just kind of amazing given the, the trip from Australia that, that it takes. But um, uh, anyways, on Friday, I had some travel issues. <laughs> but I, uh, so I subconsciously punched in. There are two airports, larger airports here in Houston. I subconsciously punched in the incorrect one onto Uber. So oh, I boy. was going to the wrong one. It's three quarters of the way there. And I realized, oh, no, I'm going to the wrong airport. So I, tell, I changed my route on Uber, which I didn't know you could do in the middle of it. And we have to get to the other airport. Uh, so it's uh, Bush and Hobby are, are the two airports. So I was going to Bush. That's the wrong one. Had to go to Hobby. Um, and then Hobby was uh, uh, like 35 minutes away from Bush or from where I was. So we get down there. And by then I missed my flight. So I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do now because like all these all these flights are basically full so i'm searching They're, the best thing i can do at hobby is to connect to atlanta then go to omaha and i'm getting there at 6 p.m. the event starts at 6 i can't do that um so i'm like freaking out and i find that there's one direct flight out of 
Bush, the other airport at, uh, at, at like noon or something, um, which was boarding in the next like hour, but I'm 35 minutes away. So I, so I bought another Uber, oh, zipped Jack. all the way up to Bush. I got the got the flight. I got my uh, my my hobby flight refunded because I used points, thankfully. Uh, so, anyways, um, I, I barely made it. I spent like a hundred bucks on Ubers that <laughs> on Friday just to make it. But uh, I, man, that was that was a that was a very stressful morning because I thought I was gonna you know leave all these people hanging. Um, but whew, I'm never. Uh, I don't think I'll make that mistake again. Just subconsciously punching in the wrong airport. I'll be very yeah, thorough man. next time. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun one. So I was telling some folks about that, and some 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 people uh, commented on Twitter. So that's what that's about. <laughs> yeah, close oh, call. Okay. Yeah, a very close call. Very close call. Uh, yeah. For for my American friends, get TSA pre check. I would not have been able to do that if if I didn't have that. They'd basically blow right through security most of the time, and uh, you have to pay like seventy five bucks for. And that, that's good for five years, but I, I'm a huge proponent of that. If you fly any more than like twice in five years, <laughs> get it because you'll save hours yeah. um, of not having to go through security. It's different for international. You can get an international one, but I don't know. I, I didn't get that one. I don't think that much international flying, but <laughs> anyways, those are my travel uh, sh- uh, shenanigans on Friday. Uh, it all ended up working out well, but it was just stressful. Um, yeah. uh, and then, my left on Monday night, uh, and all, all was well there. Um, yeah, o- overall though, very good weekend. I've just been talking about the trip. I guess we should probably talk a bit about the substance <laughs> of, of yes. what they talked about at this said meeting that 30,000 people came to or, or however many came. I don't even know, but uh, that, that whole, um, that whole arena was basically packed. You mentioned that there were some empty seats, for the first for the first act, uh, the first few hours, it was completely full. Second act is about two thirds full, which is still very full, <laughs> many thousands of people. But uh, uh, it, it was a packed house for the actual annual meeting itself. Really, more for the Q and A session. That I, th- I think they went like six hours or five hours, mm-hmm. five or six hours of Q and A over two sessions. And just want to point that out for the record that uh, is Buffett ninety three um, or is he ninety two? Uh, 92 and Munger's yeah, 99. Yeah, he's 92 and I know Munger's 99. Um, and they're up there for, you know, five, six hours. I, I remember you noting this last year as well. That, you know, they're just up there <laughs> fielding questions and and giving legitimate answers like for su- such a long, that's hard for anyone to do, let alone someone, you know, who's getting that old. <laughs> so it's just amazing. Um, yeah, they've got uh, they've got like Coke and peanut brittle. Yeah, as, as they're yeah, <laughs> inhaling. <laughs> candy <laughs> and, yeah. and, and and syrup <laughs> yep. yeah good point um just uh so so that was impressive in itself but to the actual substance of the questions um i don't know if you had any key takeaways i mean there's a lot to unpack uh, a lot of it's kind of you know the timeless investing wisdom but uh i don't have my notes in front of me that i took during it but uh i didn't i think we both did breakdown videos on kind of our mm-hmm. highlights but um any any of your favorite moments from it that you can think of? Yeah, I think there were a few themes that were kind of expected, like a lot of talk about um, the banking sector and how Buffett and Munger think about bank investments and that they actually used to own a bank back in the <laughs> late 1960s, I think. Um, Charlie seemed very upset that they weren't allowed to own it after without. Uh, yeah, he seemed upset was, when yeah. they were kind of boxed out of it. <laughs> 
Was yeah, he was pissed. And he was yeah. like, he kind of like lit up when he was talking about the operations of the bank and like, you know, we never had an yeah. unnecessary cost. We never had any risk of, um, you know, to the FDIC or whatever. And that was interesting. Berkshire could have been quite different, I guess. Um, he did, I think he, if, if I remember correctly, he said like we would, we'd probably own a bunch of banks. Right. And he says, I feel like someone said something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the I've got the numbers here somewhere. Uh, yeah, 1969, they had 19 million dollars invested in banking versus 17 million in insurance. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's like in the first few years of Berkshire, so pretty small sums relative to what they're working on today. But uh, yeah, you regardless. wonder if it would just yeah steer away from insurance more, uh, more into banking. But you know, regulations would have it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, I guess, yeah, lots of chat about that. Um, it was interesting just to get some insight into Berkshire's operations. They released their first quarter earnings kind of going going into the weekend. Buffett gave us a bit of commentary on that. Um, yeah, a little bit on their oil investments. He kind of shot down some rumors about Berkshire potentially buying Occidental out uh, entirely. It sounds mm-hmm. like they can, they're, they're happy to just be... Um, kind of passive owners in the business, I suppose. A uh, little bit on Activision Blizzard was kind of one of my highlights. And then one of the things I also covered in the breakdown video I did was on their, uh, in their insurance operations and specifically some of the reinsurance um, business that I've been doing recently. I didn't, I really haven't seen a lot of people talk about that, but I found that quite interesting. Um, yeah. The, well. Yeah. Same here. Um Back to the oil thing, Charlie mentioned that he had the. I wonder. I part of me wants to say he's exaggerating, but you know, then again, probably not because it's been so long. He said he made a thousand dollar investment into you know, into his oil stock like before Berkshire, and now it pays like a seventy thousand dollar dividend or whatever, (laughs) something ridiculous like that per year um, on his thousand dollar initial investment. Just yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how those old oil royalty arrangements work, but um, one of that's them one very, that's one <laughs> very long lived uh, well yeah, oil well or, or whatever's going on there conglomerate of wells maybe, um, but yeah, either way, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Um, it's crazy. I mean, a thousand dollars is a lot of money back in before Buffett and Munger met, but the sounds of it. But well, yeah, but you know, even now. 77 times yield on cost which is crazy mm. you just uh, gotta wait till you're 99 yeah you just gotta hold <laughs> for a lifetime literally mm-hmm. um yeah that's uh remember they mentioned buffett mentioned that in the annual letter it's like time kind of mentioned time sort of offhand but like you know when you can do when you can do this for a long time you have a big advantage because things can compound and um i think that tends to be a bit underappreciated uh when, when they were kind of kicking off the 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 meeting, when they kick off the meeting, they they play this kind of I don't want to call it a promotional really? video. It's like part promotion, part skits, part whatever that they want to do, like before the annual meeting, yep. and they don't publish it. But um, in that in that promo video, they they pulled a few highlights of like each year they're being asked. So when are you going to think about secession and and like who's who's going to take over the business? What happens if one of you retires or dies or you know? Uh, and it, it was all the way back to like 1991, 92, 93. Yeah. They were just showing every year for a few years, um, and you know that's literally uh, 
30 years ago now <laughs> that, that they were being asked about this and they're still at the helm. Um, yeah. And, and Buffett mentions that like, they got a pretty good question about, uh, I think the hardest part, what's the hardest part of their job. And, uh, Buffett was like, I don't have, there's no hardest part. It's all great. Um, like I love my job. I, I, I know what to expect every day. Um, and part of me, when I hear that from like a CEO, I was kind of write it off. It's like, oh, they're just saying that to be political and, you know, and be, be friendly to everyone. But he's, he's living it like very, he has no reason that he has to do it. He's 99 and with all the money he could like possibly imagine yet, uh, yet he still continues to choose to live out his days this way. And, you know, maybe it's because he doesn't know anything else, but, <laughs> but it's also, it's probably, probably, probably he's telling the truth that he actually loves it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it, I would think. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a bit of a tangent there. Uh, bam, back to some other questions. Any other uh, big highlights there? Well, yeah, those were the main ones that I just kind of ran through quickly. There, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's any you want to go into in a in a bit more detail. Um, I wish I, I wish I had my it... notes in front of me, but um, just one one quick funny one that I lo- my favorite line of the whole meeting was a uh, uh, an an attorney, I think from, from Guadalajara or something from, from Mexico was like, uh, do you have any, Charlie Munger, do you have any advice for, for young attorneys uh, who, I think the question had to do with like, who want to like, who would be like corporate counsel for Berkshire or something. Um, and Charlie didn't have much to actually say about it, but he said, uh, I have a son-in-law and, you know, who says that, Modern modern practice at a at a large law firm is like a pie eating contest where the winner gets to eat more pie. <laughs> yeah, which is great. I'm making I'm making a video on that very very point. And I did um, think of you when he said that. Oh yeah, I was like, dang, that it's 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 quite it's it's true in a lot of cases. Um, uh, but you could say it's true for a lot of big companies in general. It's not just a law thing, but that, that was a great mm-hmm. one. And his, his uh, word of wisdom was there's more to life than just eating pie and, <laughs> and be careful, like taking a job like that. That was his, that was his advice on the practice of law <laughs> Yeah, for, for big law. Watch out for those firms. Um, fair enough. So, um, I mean, yeah. to be fair, Charlie hasn't been a, actually been a lawyer for the sixties, since time. the 60s, in which they mentioned, yeah. but still valid. Good analogy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean again. his his original law firm is still Berkshire's uh, counsel or whatever you call it, right? Is, is it? Uh, Tolls, I think, is the law firm. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. Impressive. He must he must still have his license. Paying paying the dues all those years. <laughs> yeah. Keeping up with uh, the the continuing legal education credits. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> is yeah. Actually, someone in the comments might be able to fact check that for us, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's, I'd be. That's right. I, w- I wouldn't be too surprised, but uh, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, so that that was that was my favorite line, but not not all that valuable. Just funny. Um. Char Char Charlie always making people laugh just with his blunt delivery, like what whatever he's saying. Like people tend to laugh just because of how he's saying it. Um. And just how he just doesn't care. Another another point was a. Uh, um, this, this was like a weird point on like using net jets like Buffett was kind of fumbling his words and was saying that uh, 
because he was talking about like any any dollars that you spend are dollars that can't be spent by your your beneficiaries or whoever's getting all of the inheritance or getting all the the money when you die. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of his is going to various foundations. Um, and he's kind of like, well, yeah, I I still use NetJets because you know like, uh, you know, it's it's just he's kind of implying it's one less dollar for like the foundation of waste. <laughs> it was, was kind of what he was insinuating. He didn't say it like that, but. Anyways, uh, it, it pivoted to Charlie and he was like, yeah, I, I, I like flying coach. And because like when I used to, when I used to fly coach, um, I kept doing it because when I go into the back, people would clap for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so unashamed. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. Uh, that, that was yeah. great. Um, uh, they did talk quite a bit about inheritance. I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Tom. Um, and, and like how it's a lot more complicated than just giving, giving people money or giving people control of a business. If, especially when it comes to your kids, Buffett said that like, you always want to have uh, anyone who's on the will review and kind of approve it beforehand. So that at least they know what's coming, which, which makes sense. Uh, I was kind of expecting him to say something more about how like, you know, giving people money isn't effective. You know, you really got to teach them values. Um, but they didn't, they didn't say that. Um, it was more like just make sure they're in I think on they it. I have said much. that a lot in the past. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I, I'm not as familiar with that. I've, I haven't heard it before. I've heard it from some other rich guys, but what have they said before? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think Buffett has basically said, you know, why should, um, you know, basically, why why should his kids get a head start in this right. in this race just because he's done well? That's what I was expecting him to say, but he didn't. Here, it was, it was kind of it's kind of yeah. odd. Um, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I don't I don't recall the exact numbers off the top of my head, but um, he did seem to significantly loosen up on that kind of on that stance as he as he got older. Like, mm-hmm. if you yeah. read, if you read the snowball, it's got some some numbers and stuff in there. But okay. he, he did start getting to the point where he would like give his children million dollar gifts at Christmas and stuff. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, um, I, th- I think we've talked about it before, but B- Bill Ackman has an interesting, or Bill Ackman's dad, I should say, uh, had an interesting perspective that I I kind of like. It's that I'll only give you money if you don't need it. Um, implying that, you know, if you want it for charity or you're already well off and sure, you know, I can give you money because it's not going to corrupt you um, is, is kind of what he's getting at. So I, I kind of like that. So maybe it's something yeah. like that. Once your kids are, well, I mean, his, his kids are, are old. <laughs> his kids are in their sixties. So like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you can, it, money for them now is going to be less uh, corrupting, if you will, than if they were 25 or 20 or, 18, you know, uh, I would think yeah. maybe it's a bit of that, but yeah, it's also kind of tough yeah. to maintain that discipline for that long. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think most of Buffett's kids are running large charities these days mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. been funded by Berkshire shares. Um, yeah. So it's, so probably, it's, it's kind of, a, it's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I, so, yeah, the, I, the, I, I, they'd spent a good amount of time on that. They got a couple questions about it. So, um, yeah. Any any other? Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head again. I wish I had my notes, but um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can go through some of the things I sort of found interesting. Um, yeah, let's do it. 
I mean, Buffett started the whole meeting out going through just some of the basic figures for Berkshire and I guess how he thinks about different aspects of the business. I found that kind of interesting. So operating yeah, earnings. Also, for, uh, interesting. Oh, sure. Just how, how he thinks about float, for example, mm-hmm. um, some of the changes around uh, like they're just idle cash that sits in short-term treasuries actually making some money yeah. now. I mean, Billions. Uh, in, in, in nominal terms at least, uh, you know, it's getting – there's a fair bit of inflation eating at, eating at some well, of those years. Sure, but, sure. Um, it's a lot better than zero though. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to just to go through some of those things, like, um, yeah, Berkshire's operating earnings for the quarter were uh, rounding here, but $8.1 billion versus about $7.2 billion in the same quarter last year. Um, interestingly, he did say most of our businesses will report lower earnings this year, but the insurance businesses seem to be um, kind of pulling pulling some of those figures mm-hmm. up. Um, yeah, like we were getting at the short-term treasuries, which basically I just interpret as cash that Buffett could invest if he wants yeah. to, um, have, have gone from earning $50 million a year to $5 billion a year <laughs> with pretty minimal change in the actual amount yeah. of cash. Yep. Um, yeah, he kind of went on to say operating earnings, you know, have have grown a lot, uh, obviously at Berkshire over the years, and they'll continue to grow. And it's largely because of retained earnings. Like Berkshire famously doesn't pay a dividend; they keep reinvesting in stocks or um, acquire new businesses and so on. He even said, uh, he "Speaking of a dividend, cent, yeah, yeah are you talking a about a ten cent dividend in 1967, which he said was a terrible mistake." Yeah, so it, him and cool. him and Munger were were just lo- loathing, like, oh. Why did we pay that dividend? <laughs> yeah, I, I should do the maths on what um, what would have compounded at. <laughs> yeah, what ten cents of book value would have grown to um, yeah. today? Probably Curious. something insane. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a few thousand dollars an year or something. That, <laughs> yeah, that sure, sure. Why not yeah. million yeah. percent um, return or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, just the last bit, I, I guess, on Berkshire's um, just. First quarter results. Um, float is up to $165 billion now. Uh, it's, it's money that's not ours, but that we can have working for us. Uh, it's a valuable asset that shows up as a liability, yeah. somewhat akin to a bank deposit, but importantly different. It can't disappear overnight. Uh, and it's cost them less than nothing, which he's essentially saying. Um, Berkshire's insurance businesses have produced an underwriting profit and they get the advantage of using the float as well. So yeah. it's kind of akin to borrowing money at, at negative rates. Right. I, I was going to point out that line where he said it, it's an asset that shows up on liabilities, um, which is yeah. an interesting way to think of it. And it doesn't make sense given how they deploy it. Um, but yeah, it's, he's like, it's better, it's better than debt, better than equity, uh, raising equity. Um, yeah. Because of those reasons you just said, um, it's kind of, it reminds me kind of those 0% Japanese bonds, but a little bit better because they're not, uh, better, yeah. there's no, no actual payments to make to no outflows. Yep. Uh, well, uh, no regular outflows, I should say. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. Like, uh, the, I think one of the reasons the float and the reinsurance kind of bit of the meeting caught my eye this year is I've been reading through some of the Buffett letters again recently. I'm kind of in the late nineties at the moment, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Sure. There's a lot of talk about this exact concept and um, I should try and pull up the actual numbers because Buffett talks a lot in there about the actual um, well, kind of insurance well, business. And While you pull that up, things. speaking of reading old annual letters, um, I, I made a note of it in my, my breakdown video, but um, 
Buffett casually mentioned that he was reading the 1932, I believe, 1932 GM annual report, which just yeah. like this guy's just casually reading like 1930s automotive <laughs> annual reports. Yeah. <laughs> just shows you that he's like dedicated to the, to the craft. Mm. Um, um, clearly loves loves business. Uh, yeah. No, the reason you'd be looking at that honest. in your free time as a 92 year old. <laughs> So, yeah. Have you got my screen there, Jack? Uh, yes. So this is from the 1995, um, 1995 annual letter, uh, which is essentially, well, you can see the figures here, but this is their float growth over the years. Um, you can't see my mouse there, but uh, that column that ends in like 3.6 billion. Yeah. Um, actually, what did they just say in the last annual meeting? It's 165 billion. So even <laughs> since 1995. Well, yeah, that's actually, it's not that crazy for a timeline. Yeah. yeah that's know, massive that's, growth. Yeah. That's insane. But I guess this is the way Buffett was thinking about the insurance businesses. So they produced underwriting profit in some of these years. Uh, some years they had an underwriting loss. So, I think this is the combined ratio they're showing here. So, um, yeah, basically a figure north of 100% on a combined ratio means they made an underwriting loss. Um, I think that's mm. what that's saying. Um, actually, sorry, that's the underwriting loss in millions. That's not the combined ratio. But anyhow, um, approximate cost of funds, this is kind of the whole point of the use yeah, of flow. Yeah, less than zero um, all those days. All yeah, those less than zero in some years yeah. versus if they – were able to borrow money at um, government bond type yields. Um, right. That's kind of the comparison. So some years they're above that, like in the 80s here when their insurance businesses were struggling, 19% effectively, which isn't great at all, um, versus 11 in treasuries. But well, uh, like yeah. if, if you have all those years of zero, you're theoretically making a positive return on that, and then you can make it through those tough years pretty easily. Yeah, and I, um, yeah, and I mean, yeah. Buffett's turning around and investing this money at like, I don't know, 20% a year or something. Yeah, so. consistently, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was, was it, or what, did, what did it have been higher back then? 60s, 70s, 80s? It's probably higher uh, than 20% now. It's probably right at the top of this letter. Uh, yeah. Book value had compounded at 23.6% annually since so, yeah. the mid-60s. A little, so, little bit higher. but. But part of that is because they've got this float as leverage. So the, you know, the the return that's been generated on the assets wouldn't necessarily be that high. It's just they've got the use of float. Sure, so it's a leverage return at a faster. Rate. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of sort of leverage return. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 they kicked off the conversation talking about float, um, and. Uh, Back, back to kind of the cash cash, cash usage when they're talking about uh, how the dividend was horrifying. Um, they got some questions kind of about deploying cash and all that. And they, Buffett especially like doubled down on how the preference always is to buy great businesses. And then after that, if depending on where Berkshire's trading, it would be to buy Berkshire, which you could call buying a great business as well. It's just it's their own business. Um, but that's always their preference. Never want to do dividends. Um, it, it's it's one of those two things that they prefer, um, but always first being buying great businesses at a at least a decent price. Um, so that and rather than you know doing a dividend or something like that, a massive return to shareholders. We got a funny yeah. question about uh, corporate raiders taking over 
I assume to like somehow get to the cash, but I don't know what Raider is big enough to actually take that big of a share. Um, and like, like Vanguard or something. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. There'd have to be some massive mismanagement to get it down to like a, you know, a corporate Raider price <laughs> if there's that much cash there. But um, anyways, uh, I just thought that was kind of a funny question. They kind of wrote it off. Like Buffett's like, if the business is doing well, then there's not much reason for it to get raided. It'll, it'll just be doing well. Uh, and if, uh, and it's probably going to be too big anyways, kind of what he's implying is people are, yeah. some people seem to be worried about all of his shares coming online, uh, or going into the open market after they go to foundations and then the foundations sell or, you know, use the shares. Um, well, I think it was going to be an over 10 year period to sell down the shares. Oh, is it really? I didn't even, I didn't even know that. I think, um, I think Becky Quicks actually said that in asking the question. I probably, I obviously missed it then. 10 or 12 years, <laughs> something I think from, sure. from memory. Sure. But I mean, you, you're going to no, have. I, actually, that does ring a bell now, actually. Yeah. I remember, I don't remember being 10 to 12, but yeah, I was. Yeah. Maybe it was five. But yeah. I don't know. Hopefully yeah. someone can correct us. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. Double digits. Yeah. yeah. That does but sound I mean, you, now. you would, you would think for at least. I don't know, a couple decades maybe, you're going to have one of Buffett's children at least still on, on the board, um, mm-hmm. keeping management from doing anything too crazy. And I, I don't think manage, management would be that inclined to do something crazy. And it's probably going to be, the, the tough part will be kind of the, if and when they're gone and if, if you know, any of those values degrade, I, I'd imagine mm-hmm. you'd have... Um, kind of what a lot of megacorps go through where they, they maybe take on a bunch of debt to do a big acquisition um, that isn't really in their wheelhouse just because they're trying to drive some returns. It ends up being a bad investment. Now they have all this debt and now they're in a, now they're in kind of a hole. I can, I can picture something like that maybe being uh, a beginning of a major decline, but you know, they, they haven't shown an indication that they do something like that yet. Um, but that, that, that seems to be where a lot of these kind of big really conglomerates kind of go They they just, it's one, one or two mega deals too many. And, and then they're the diversification that someone like Peter Lynch would ab- abhor. <laughs> um, what, yeah. uh, you, you might run into that. that would, I think that would be probably the biggest long-term management risk it could just be a big, bad deal or two, um, that, that slow everything down. And it's just a steady decline from there. Um, but that's, yeah. that's, quite some years away i would think <laughs> if it ever happens yeah. chance and, it and berkshire's, berkshire's so like large and diversified and all the businesses kind of run so independent of one another right. I, I think you would see the red flags before it got too gnarly i, I would think so yeah i, I don't think if you're paying attention <laughs> i don't think it would be their existing businesses i think it would be like a big like you know new management team comes in they want to they want to make an impression set the tone they do like a, a silly acquisition or something um that yeah. Might even look okay on paper, but ends up being just you know operationally not in their wheelhouse, or they don't have the right management in place, or whatever. Biting off more than they chew, they can chew, I guess, would be it. But uh, frankly, uh, <laughs> they probably run into antitrust concerns before <laughs> a deal of that size might actually go through. They're just so big. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't know. Maybe anyway, they try to le- maybe, they, maybe they try to lever up like four to one and buy buy Apple or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about don't know. something like that, but yeah, something along those lines. Really, yeah. <laughs> That'd be issue a bunch crazy. of debt and then uh then buy some giant business or merge or do a partnership or something and it just ends up being a mess um yeah yeah we'll see yeah very very speculative uh, what what else from the yeah, q I, I, I think of all companies where you we need to worry about management like 
Berkshire. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just yeah, yeah. picturing like what what could a bad a a more likely bad result be than mm-hmm. you know something ridiculous like I don't know fraud <laughs> or something like yeah. that or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I can see something like that happening, but you know a lot can happen in business. And we get a super chat from Luis for next year's meetup. Excellence for getting the fun going early. Um, uh, and, uh, appreciate it as always. Um, uh, people were, were pleased that we we bought it. We bought a few appetizers with, with our little fund. Um, and, uh, and people seem to like that. So uh, we'll buy some more stuff next year if we get enough. So, uh, but Mm. appreciate it, Luis. And to everyone who makes super chats and generous donations throughout helps us uh, stay afloat. <laughs> so we don't have that. We don't have that Berkshire cash flow here on punch card investing. Um, mm. what, what else from the meeting? Um, trying to think of some other things that they, they spent some good time on. Um, okay. So we were kind of talking about management. Maybe we could talk more about that. Just the, the relatively decentralized model they have where they kind of let managers do, what what they do <laughs> found it funny uh when buffett got um he got a pretty hard-hitting question about like i think i think it was about um bnsf and like preventing derailments and catastrophes and that sort of thing and the, the question was like kind of accusational like hey you know what are you doing about this like it's awful when stuff like this happens like how, how do you prevent this from happening in the future and like Instead of instead of answering it, he, he just immediately pointed to Greg. He's like, "Greg, how about you?" <laughs> like, I mean, he didn't, he didn't want to answer it, which I thought was a little bit funny because normally it normally seems like he's kind of like when he, when he gets questions about individual business operations, he'll often kind of be like, "Oh, you know, we got management in place to handle that," because he's probably not doing anything day to day. He's just kind of making the makes the initial capital allocation decision and then management takes it over from there. It's obviously what's worked so well for Berkshire. Um, but it kind of works that way in, in some of the questions too. I'll just kind of dish it out to whoever's it is always quite Im- yeah. It is still always quite impressive how well he knows all the businesses at Berkshire. Like at he, bit- he must just be getting a constant flow of data coming at him, even if he's well, not making changes in the business. Well, yeah, I mean, because he's into it. Like we just, I mentioned the 1932 yeah, yeah. GM report. If he's reading that, I assume he's reading his own company reports too. Uh, yes. You would think <laughs> if he's getting if he's getting to that level of, of mm-hmm. company reports, I think he, there's a lot he can get through before that. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you are right. He, the way he can speak about really beyond just basic strategy, but you know, gets kind of into the weeds on maybe a specific move. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly for the big ones. <laughs> Speaking of all the companies, um, I, I didn't. I guess I didn't really know what to expect uh, at the actual meeting itself where they had like, it's basically like a trade show of all their brands. Um, and, you know, you got C's Candy, Fruit of the Loom, Dairy Queen stands everywhere. It was just kind of a you funny didn't, You thing. didn't buy some new underwear from Fruit of the Loom? No, but there was a massive line there at the on the way out. <laughs> when like, I guess all the other, like when I went in the morning, I just kind of walked around just to see what it was all about. Bought, bought a little bit yep. of C's Candy, of course. Um and, and and a book they got a lot of great book selection there which was nice which, um, which one what did you buy i bought persuasion by it uh caldini i've been wanting to get nice. some of his books recently um so i was like all right i'll get that one um i saw uh, they even had a book stand at the um at the airport 
Yeah, they had like a tailored book stand. I, I took a picture of it for you. Um, yeah, it was like mostly some classic investing books. And then it was all investing books and then gun germs and steel. <laughs> it was like that, that was the list of, of all, all, the, all the books. Like the Dude, that was a, That's a manga recommendation from a few years back, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, a, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of investors for some reason are really into that one specifically. It is a good book though. Um, but uh but it was probably the best airport lineup I've ever seen <laughs> for, for, for books. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, um, I derailed you there on the no, um, no, yeah. all the businesses. Um, um, yeah, it was just like, it's crazy. It's like a big trade show. But yeah, the Fruit of the Loom line, uh, when they were closing up, everything was it was like like probably 50, 50 to 100 people long. Like it was it was, it was going out the, out the store. I'm like, man, people just want their, their discounted underwear, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all the brands there, like it, it just puts it in, it also helps put it into perspective how many brands they have. And that's really just more the consumer focused ones. I mean, they had like a mm-hmm. BSNF thing and a NetJets thing as well, but um, just all the consumer brands, Pampered Chef, uh, Forest uh, River with the RVs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The RVs. And, and I forget what the, what's the modular home one as well. Um, uh, uh, they had like kind of a, it was our manufactured home, I should say. Uh, Clayton, Clayton Homes. Clayton I think Homes. I think so. I forget. Um, but they had like that set up there too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just just kind of crazy. Like this is all under one umbrella. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, and Matt, Matt says it's Clayton, so I'll, we'll we'll confirm it. Um, so that that was like impressive in itself. Just this little basically trade show of Berkshire Brands, um, mm. and, and uh, naturally lots of sweets, candy. Uh, they're they're giving out Coke and and like you know bag pastry things and cakes <laughs> as your as your like snacks um yeah the uh, naturally you know my, only the best <laughs> yes <laughs> for, for this crowd um <laughs> um maybe that's the secret that's the secret to longevity is uh making sure you sip some coke every day and and uh eat a eat a bag of candy um mm. It's and just way. use your brain a lot. I and think. then just read. You're fueling yeah. the brain with a bunch of sugar. That must be it. They're burning it. That's how they're able to yeah. sustain. Uh, not yeah. medical advice. <laughs> 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 Luis says, hopefully a punch card investing booth next year. Cool. Yeah, we'd have to get it. We'd have to get acquired. We gotta we gotta make ourselves ready uh, and yeah. clean up the books a bit. So maybe we can get acquired by Berkshire. I think we're big enough to be in their universe of uh in their universe of opportunities. Of course. Yeah. What else from the, uh, uh, well, anything else from Berkshire this year? What yeah. else? What else? Um, there's so much there. It's like overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I again f- found the reinsurance thing that Ajit Jane talked about a little bit, quite interesting with the whole, um, 30 second phone call to Buffett to, Make sure we can risk an extra couple billion. <laughs> the way they yeah. throw out throw around billions is just wild. Like, you know, Buffett's like, yeah, this was five billion. You know, we're making five billion now, and you know, that was fifteen billion. It's just like it's, it's just a different level. <laughs> yeah, but he he said the the uh, like super catastrophe uh, portfolio was like fifty to sixty percent bigger, fifty uh, percent bigger in the last five or six months. Um, was it's it? pretty crazy. They've written a lot of was business. It, yeah. Did they say 50? 
I, 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 didn't, I thought I didn't, that's what they said. Yeah, up fifty percent in five or six months. Uh, yeah, it, it was much bigger though. But yeah, um, yeah. So they said in aggregate they could lose fifteen billion dollars potentially. That, um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. If, if there's if there's no losses, they didn't really give specific numbers. They just said they'll make several billion. Did, did, um, did you catch the point where they were talking? Sorry to interrupt, but on insurance, the, where Jane was like, um, uh, what was it? He's talking about, I think GM or, or, or one of the big auto manufacturers that's like trying to do insurance. And he's like, yeah, they, they said they're trying to do X billion in, 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 uh, in income from that or, or whatever it was. I don't know where they're getting that number. And he's just basically just like writing it off. Like it's BS. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you're just making up that number. <laughs> that was pretty funny when they're talking about the yeah, threat of, of, you know, direct insurance from these manufacturers. Um, and he's mm-hmm. kind of like, I mean, they've tried this before. It's not, it's not like it's a new thing. And I don't know where they're pulling these numbers out of a hat. <laughs> it's kind of what he's implying. Yeah. And Ajit Jain's not the first person I've he- heard with that perspective of, as well so mm-hmm. um, who else yeah uh bloomstrand chris bloomstrand. sure sure yeah but he's very much in the berkshire universe as well i think yeah. that was specifically around tesla's insurance business yeah um, maybe so. or at least at least it might have been arcs projections of how big um, <laughs> that, sounds like that sounds more yeah. like it that sounds more like it yeah um <laughs> but it's super interesting man like the Berkshire is a really weird insurer i think munga mentioned in the meeting they have like four times the capital of the average uh, like relative to the average competitor um, because they have all these other operating businesses and the stock portfolio and everything. Um, and they're just quite unusual in the nature to where they're very price sensitive. So if they're, um, you know, being paid appropriately or being paid really well for the risks that they perceive they're taking when they, you know, write this insurance business, they'll just write a ton of it. And when they're not getting paid appropriately, they'll, just back way off and write like next to none. The rally <laughs> investors for insurance too. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah. I, I think it was the science of hitting uh, investing on Twitter put up a chart of Berkshire's reinsurance volume over the years and it's just all over the place, like crazy fluctuations. Buy low, um, sell high. Yep, yeah, basically. <laughs> but for insurance. And, and I'm fairly sure, uh, again, this might have been in one of the Buffett letters I've gone through recently, but I'm fairly sure they must have incentive structures set up with their and like their staff and the reinsurance business to where they're not incentivized at all um, to write extra premium volume. It's all around profitability. Um, and they try to make a point of, you know, not laying people off when insurance volumes are way down um, and they have the capacity to bounce back massively when when yeah. prices are good so um it's just a really weird approach to that business that not a lot of people can take like if, if you imagine like if that insurance company was just a standalone business trading in the stock market like how much flack they would get from analysts for their results just being like wildly sure <laughs> all over yeah. the place and like being super exposed to florida i think ajit jane said yeah um, just run yeah. really weird portfolios that fluctuate. I, I think the weirdness just comes from the size. I think you were kind of getting at that. It's just there. Yeah. There aren't any other, you know, what are they? The $500 billion market cap or something like that. Um, 400, like 700, I think. Is yeah. it 700 or well, whatever? It's a lot. <laughs> um, you know, there aren't, there aren't many companies in the world that are that big, let alone an insurer. So I think it might just be a nat- the nature of being large with a diversified business portfolio that, 
you know, if you had another insurer that had, that was that size and had other underlying businesses, they probably, I'd assume they'd behave pretty similarly because they, they don't, they don't need the money in, in a year where they're not getting a lot of reward for their, their, uh, insurance. Um, yep. Whereas Berkshire, you know, they could be like, all right, no need to do it because we got the operating businesses like you were saying. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just more, more because of their size. Uh, which which is the which is the actual unusual part because there aren't that many big, that big of businesses. Yeah, uh, so seven hundred nine billion is Berkshire's market cap at the moment. Uh, it's really seven hundred. For some reason, I was thinking five hundred. Um, wow, <laughs> is that yeah. all? <laughs> that is all. And On the road to a trillion. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, a, yeah. You, even if they just kind of maintain from here, like a little bit of printing here and there. A little bit of multiple expansion for whatever reason people get euphoric. Yeah. Boom, you're right there. <laughs> yeah, well what's uh well they just reported what eight billion in operating earnings for the quarter. Like um I don't know how, how seasonal that is, but if they just sat around for a few years, they'd have three hundred billion in cash and that'd get them to the yeah, right. dollar. <laughs> like they don't have to do anything particularly intelligent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing that would crush it would be like Apple like losing half its market cap or something that that um, was interesting the whole thing about hey guys apple's a third of your portfolio um and what, uh, what about I, like you go ahead they got a question they got a question um about you know basically the diversification concentration thing and they said you know apple's like 40 percent or half of your portfolio or uh-huh. whatever percent it is um, and Buff was just kind of like, no, it's not. Like, you know, our portfolio includes Seize Candies and the Railroad and Berkshire Hathaway Energy. Uh, yeah, oh, all the private um, businesses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that was interesting. And um, I forget exactly what Munger said, but he said something witty about how the guy asking the questions a moron or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that one. I, ju- I just remember Buffett talking about how Apple, you know, is – I think I think he was he was kind of harping on the point he's made before. Oh, it's not really a tech company to him. It's a it's a consumer staple of sorts. That's not exactly what he said. I remember saying something. Yeah, like yeah. He was like, yeah. I don't know how the phone works, but yeah, um, that's that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually yeah. kind of said the same thing about uh, the oil investments. He's like, Charlie understands. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie's the oil guy. Than me, uh, right. He's like, I, I understand the numbers behind it, but I don't really get how it works. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, he's he's comfortable making the investment, obviously. So. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, we've got a good comments about the insurance business here. Sounds like from uh, from Kevin. Sounds from like Kevin we were reasonably here, yeah. on on track there. This is correct. Insurance incentives are, are only to write profitable insurance. No penalties or layoffs if they don't write till decent rates return. There you go. So they're set up well for that. But I think, like you said, it's because they, they, they've taken the pressure off of themselves as insurers because they have all these other things that can float them through the through the bad times, <laughs> including the float. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they can insure weird stuff, like an enormous size. And, um, yeah, they're, they're always going to be able to pay you if you need to claim on one of your very, very large insurance policies. Um Oh, definitely an advantage Berkshire has. Kevin made another point about, uh, he said that Munger says that, uh, talking about diversification, I do remember Munger saying something along the lines of, you know, I'd rather go, I'd rather be even more concentrated or or something like that. You know, if, if it's a great business, just hold it. Like that's, that's, that's all you should, you should go into the, 
I'm, I'm badly paraphrasing this, but they, I think they were both talking about how you want to go for those businesses that you, that you like and understand and that are quality um, and just concentrate into those, like don't get distracted by diversification. That's what they were implying. Get along those same lines. Uh, just on large weird risks in their insurance business. Uh, sure. Um, again, because I've been reading about this recently. This is from the 1995 letter. Um, they, uh, Ajit agreed to ensure the life of Mike Tyson um, <laughs> for, a sum that, for a sum that is large initially and that fight by fight gradually declines to zero over the next few years. So they're willing to do super unusual stuff like that, which is pretty cool. <laughs> And made sure to highlight it. Yes. <laughs> I, I wonder if that um, it's like good marketing. And you say, hey, we insure Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. oh, they insure him, they insure me. Let's, let's see what they got. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Get some more applications. Um, cool. Uh, any any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, yeah, there's lots of takeaways. Um I see Luis has got um, a question there on Oxy. I'm not sure if you want to, if we want to add anything further to that. Uh, thoughts about him not taking control of Oxy. Not sure. I mean, we kind of mentioned it. Um, I don't know if I have anything to add. It's kind of whether they want to control it or not. They probably could if they wanted to, but maybe they will in the future. Maybe this is the, a feeler deal for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's still significant for their portfolio, but um, how, what have they done with oil companies in the past? Have they, I'm thinking the most, the most recent one, but this was gas, right? It was Dominion, Dominion Energy when they bought like all the, the natural gas assets, right? Uh, they bought some pipelines, I think, or maybe. Uh, or- I thought it was just sure the natural gas segment or something. It was one segment of Dominion that they bought in one swing. Uh, maybe it was pipeline. It was, it was a couple of years ago now, right? Um, uh, but yeah, anyways, bought... the, the reason I'm asking is like, I don't know if they've done that before where they kind of, they, they buy in, they wait a second and they make a swing and buy the whole thing later. I, that might be a little bit weird, but. Yeah, they bought uh dominion energies natural gas transmission and storage business that's what it was yeah it was the gas yeah um, i'm not sure what the, the gas pipelines yeah i'm not sure what the economics look like for pipelines versus buying the actual commodity business i don't know enough about it um, probably it's probably even arguably better or at least more predictable because you're, you're kind of the toll the toll bridge I rather think than so but yeah I'd assume it's less volatile, but I, I don't know. I'm no expert. Yeah. Natural gas is like as volatile as it gets, I think, yeah. but um, maybe the pipeline's less. So I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, those are, those are hard, yeah. To, hard to replace. Is it, they have to be so large. Um, mm. And if you get a good network going, you know, you got, you got a real asset there. So. Yeah. yeah but uh, on I Oxy earnings just came out actually. Um, I, I'm going to release a video on it in a couple of days, but um, they've continued to repurchase shares and um, Berkshire, if you include the warrants that they have, that they can exercise it. I think it was like $59 per share. If you include the warrants alongside the common stock, they own over 33% of um, Oxy now. So 
Um, it's getting pretty crazy how much of that that business they own. But it's a big chunk for a big yeah. business. It was not like it was small. Yeah, I know Monish Pabrai in a in a talk recently kind of speculated that they'd probably like to own Oxy if they could control the capital allocation and everything. But um, sounds like maybe not. I think they like the capital allocation anyway, like they're paying down debt, but back she is. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they don't align with something on management, but then why would they be investing so heavily into it, you know, if they weren't happy with it? So, yeah, yeah. and they had a lot of praise for the management. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I, don't know, I don't know what the holdup would really be um, unless it's just a regulatory concern, you know, they don't want to waste time making an offer and then it's blocked or shareholders get a chance to vote on it and all that and maybe something having to do with that just because it'd be such a large deal. Yeah, don't know. Um, I guess it is the type of business where the economics can change so fast with commodity prices or, um, yeah, even with technology, like if they can find cheaper and more efficient ways to get oil out of the ground, um, that can crash the price and change things. So maybe Buffett wants the option to be able to get out if he has to. I don't really know. It's not a very Buffetty thing to do, really. Yeah, that'd be quite the trade. <laughs> it's a lot of billions yeah. for that trade. Yeah. But they don't like talking about their individual stock holdings, which I find kind of funny. They're, they're very whenever they don't have to say something, they they just don't. It's for most of the time, it's pretty funny. Mm. Yeah. Um, any any cool. final takeaways from you, Jack? So it's a good weekend. Looking forward to next year's. Um, mm. Ideally, those- ideally Charlie will be a hundred, and he'll yep. be there. That'll be really cool. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, how many? Uh, how many hundred-year-old? Uh, how many hundred-year-olds have run thirty-thousand-person board meetings? <laughs> like <laughs> that'd be pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Or it's not board meeting, but annual report meetings. Um, that would be yeah. pretty cool. So, mm. uh, but either way, I, I, I definitely want to go just because this year's was so good. Could finally maybe meet you in person, Tom, if you're there as well. Yes. So, you know, a double incentive to get going. If I don't get down to New Zealand for some reason before then, <laughs> or, yeah. or at least close by. Uh, mm. But, you know, or if you don't stumble your way up to the States again before then for some odd reason <laughs> and abandon your young child at home. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, really looking forward to next year's because this year's was, was quite good and met a lot of good people and, Definitely want to keep those connections up now. And um, yeah, just overall very positive experience. And I think next year's will be even better now that I kind of know what's going on. Mm. What, what would you say to to anyone listening or watching that's that's like on the fence thinking about going next year, whether they should, should go or not? Uh, I think if you're, I mean, first off, if you can sacrifice the weekend, go for it. But uh First, I'll give some tips. Tip: uh, Book early. Like as soon as you know what the date is, this hotel and flight prices didn't really spike until about probably a month after the meeting had already been announced. The meeting date had already been announced. So once you know the it, date just, must be announced already, right? Isn't it usually like on the? I think last year it was like on the back of what, the program. It? Yeah. Okay. Well, if so, get something reserved. You can you can reserve a lot of hotels without without putting any money down. So I would go ahead and do that now because like they spike <laughs> like in the, in the, in the month in the few months leading up to it. So check that out. Louis says May 4th. So maybe it is already up. 
So, uh, yeah, I would get that reserved now if you're thinking about going. Um, and, but anyways, if you're on the fence about going, uh, first get it reserved. So, so you have your spot, you don't have to think about it later if, if prices go up. Um, but it, it's, it's a very unique experience. I've never been at anything quite of this scale like that. I've been to like some conventions and things. Um, but this one is just huge and it's all investor people. And if you're into this sort of stuff that, you know, we do here on punch card or that we do on our individual channels as well, then I think you'll definitely enjoy it. If you, if you like business, if you like investing, um, <laughs> we had a couple 17 year olds at our, at our punch card meetup. They were super into it. And just like you get high energy people like that. You know, I wasn't doing any of that sort of thing in high school. I doubt you were as well, Tom coming to Berkshire and Hathaway annual meetings, um, and, and, and actually going to events and meeting people. But, uh, it's just very eye-opening to see how many people have similar, not the same, but similar perspectives on things. And you can learn a lot from those people who are kind of in and around the area where you might be trying to go or that, that you're curious about. There's a lot of people that you can learn from there. So a lot of people just trying to learn. And yeah, that's, that's all I'll say. If you're trying to learn, it's a good, it's a good place. You'll, you'll probably meet a few people that you can stay connected with after the fact, thanks to great things like the internet. So yeah, definitely a great time. And uh, that's all I'll say. You got any? You got any uh, words of wisdom there? Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, zero regrets about going last year. Um, wish I could have made it this year, but ne- you got a way bigger trips. So that, that means more coming from from Tom. That, that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like um, you you're way way close. Yeah, two hour flight. That's I'm a, there yeah, as long I'll, as I I'll make the flight. It's two hours. Yes, <laughs> that is crucial. But. Uh, <laughs> Yep. No. Uh, yeah. Distance is, is no object at this. Uh, yeah. Days, so, so. so if you're in the States, not much of an excuse, I will say. If it's just a weekend, you, you show up on the Friday. If you can show up on the Thursday, great. But show up on the Friday, leave Sunday night or Monday, whatever you can do. Uh, I found that the flights are, or at least they were significantly cheaper on Monday. And you can actually get a cheap hotel Sunday that or I should say a nice hotel, much cheaper on Sunday and save money on the flight if you're able to burn a day. But um, so I, I, that's what I did on Monday. I just filmed a bunch of content in the morning and met some for lunch. So saved mm-hmm. a few hundred bucks right there and I uh, got some good content in. So um, nice. at least I, think it, I think it's decent content at least. <laughs> it's good to articulate some things. But, um, but yeah, so if you're in the States, definitely give it a whirl if you haven't. Um, and, if, and if you're on Earth... Still no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, 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 there are some excuses. It's very small. Uh, yeah, May fourth next year apparently. So I'm gonna actually go ahead and reserve. I'm gonna go ahead and reserve something right now, so I don't forget. So at least I have something there. This is a backup. If I want to change my mind later, I can. But at least I'll have something at a theoretically reasonable price <laughs> before it's all booked up. But uh, alrighty, Tom. Any, 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 anything else? Nothing to add. Great. Well, if you made it this far, why don't you go ahead and hit the like button? Why don't you go ahead and subscribe as well if you haven't done that? Helps us out a lot. Make sure you don't miss next week's episode. When we do that, and we do all of our episodes, we try to do it every week. I know it's been a bit spotty since Daylight Savings Time, but trying to uh, trying to get back to the weekly cadence again. Uh, we might have some uh, new guests coming on to the show as well. So, um, any recommendations there who we should reach out to perhaps uh, check, go ahead and let us know in the comments below. Um, and, but before you do that, do be sure to check out 
all the great stuff in the description as well, including those discount links to Seeking Alpha and ShareSite. We can get discounts on their services. You can also sign up for the free versions first. Just be sure to use our link. So if you do end up switching to a premium plan, we might get a small commission. And that will go a long way towards paying for the next Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting next uh, next year when we do our meetup. Well, with that said, everyone, till next time. Thanks for tuning in to Punch Card Investing. The contents of this show should not be used as investment advice or as a recommendation to invest in a particular security. Please consult with a licensed investment advisor if you need investment advice. All investments carry risk and the potential for monetary loss. Thank you and see you next week.